Hi. Hi. How's it going? Uh, it's going good, faggot. How are you? I'm, f- I'm feeling like a fucking faggot. I know. When are you not though? No, never. How was your day? Um, it was good. I um, I'm just getting my hands now. I have like red food coloring on them because I decorated holiday cookies with my students. That's so cute. It was adorable. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was really cute. They're the best. I love them so much. Do they love the cookies? Yeah. They just slopped icing on. And they were like, is this too much, Tom? I was like, nope, more. I'm not your parent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a moment they have to it. deal with you. <laughs> Goodbye. Exactly. That's such a you thing to do. I know. It's true. Uh, are, you feeling, are you feeling a little tired today? Yeah, I am. I'm sensing some energy. Yeah, I'm feeling tired. But um, I think we agreed to just live in whatever we were feeling of the day when yep. we started this. Yeah, so. totally. How about you? How are you feeling? Oh, wait. My color is like a, like a navy blue. Like, like I'm feeling tired, but at peace. Like, I feel like maybe like an ocean blue, like a navy. You know, like what? I'm in the navy, like I'm fucking the navy. Go on. So, like, calmly <laughs> fucking in the navy. <laughs> oh, calm. No, I don't calmly fuck. No, no, no. I think that I'm maybe also navy blue. I had a. They Stop were like. Copying a, me. It's really. But it just, it was just so perfect because I had kind of a down day. Um, I did a bit of work. Uh, and then just watch some shows and I was like unproductive but okay about it. Yeah, okay. You know? just, like, what shows did you watch? I watched The Night Of. Well, I started watching The Night Of. The Night Of. Oh, you told me about that before, so but I cannot remember. It's, um, if you listen to My Favorite Murder, Kieran and Georgia, always plug it. Um, it's oh. um, true crime, kind of, or right. it's like fiction, but this girl's murdered, then they investigate and it's like about... Oh, she's kind of a mess or something? Kind of. It's like, it's about... Um, What's his name? The the main guy, the guy who's in Star Wars. Um, Harrison Ford. No, not Harrison Ford. Um, oh fuck! I'll think about it. Uh, anyway, so he's a his he's a son of a cab driver, and he gets arrested, and it's about like racialization in the penal system. In oh, the cool! States. Awesome. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, anyway, anyway, onto queer things. Oh yeah, how queer are you feeling? Did you have a queer week? Uh, did I have a queer week? Sorry if I'm throwing too many queries at you. That's so many queries. I had, uh, no, actually, I didn't have a very queer week. Oh, it was yeah, it was just pretty average. So okay. that's why we're here to turn this up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, was the rectal gonorrhea thing this week or last? It well, was. That was. I mean, it'll for listeners that'll be last week. But right. That was only a few days ago for us. That's kind of queer to like get rid of rectal gonorrhea. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. I'm Continue so proud on. of your like. A dry, intact asshole. Yes, me too. Yeah. That's what everyone wants, right? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, like, never bought them before. I'm like, the drier, the better, right? <laughs> Sand should fall out. Um, <laughs> Pamela, how are you feeling? She's, she's looking surprised. Yeah, <laughs> she is, she's horrifying. She's a cunt as usual. Just for everyone's like visual pleasure, Pamela needs to watch us record. Yeah. Um, so we're recording in a different room tonight, yeah. and so we brought all of our. Co- you're telling a story and I just interrupted you. Was oh, I? Go no, on. I don't think I was. We're recording. Let's cut that. Okay. I, I feel like you always start to talk and then I always interrupt and finish talking for you. And it's That's really the point awful. of this podcast. Oh my God. And I just did it to you too. So Here Pamela is. We've, we've uh, moved her into a different room. Yeah. And she's looking as surprised and fucking queer as ever. Yeah, she's looking festive. So festive. Um... Do I feel like I always start okay. with a thing? Do you want to start? Sure, I can start. Um, I didn't really know what to do, to be honest, 
today I was sort of waffling back and forth like I kind of wanted to just like tell you a bunch of funny blowjob stories because I, I love that I always <laughs> love that because I feel like I have like I have a lot of insane stories mm-hmm. and I haven't really told many of them on this podcast and part of like we love storytelling here so I should eventually come out with them if I'm going to be honest, when we started this podcast, I thought it would turn into the Tom show because you have so many good stories, <laughs> which I would also be okay with. Well, I've been like, because I don't know, like, I don't know who's listening, so I want to be respectful yep. to some people who might be listening. Anyway, some people who suck I'm dick not you're going tell to tell blowjob stories, although may, maybe later. Yeah, if you don't today, then next time <laughs> <laughs> you will tell them. Oh God! No one's ever gonna give me a blowjob ever again because I'm just gonna come on here and talk. Or about they'll it. like do goofy things to get on the podcast. You know what I mean? Except, uh, like encouraged. Yeah, definitely. Encouraged. <laughs> um, hashtag Me Too. It's taken over the world. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. It's a fucking movement. It's yes. And so inspiring, and the dominoes are fucking falling. Yes. And I'm obsessed with it. Patriarchy is cracking. It's cracking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I love it. It's I'm so like who started it? Like Alyssa Milano? No. Like, oh, oh, whoops. Oh. It was a uh, it was a woman of color who started it. Oh, yeah, like a year ago. Yeah, a year ago. But of ago. course it didn't get any traction cuz she was um not white. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Alyssa Milano who's a white celebrity blew and it up, which is like I don't think it was a tweet originally. I think oh. that we should maybe corrections corner this cuz we need yeah. her name. Um Yeah. Don't know the name. Um but yeah, it, it was turned into a hashtag campaign I think by Alyssa Milano. Right, um, so fuck yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's and amazing. Everyone's you know getting their comeuppance. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, um, there's still one glaring like you know the president of the United States who mm-hmm. is admitted and bragged about sexually assaulting women that just seems to be sitting on his iron throne still, but that's neither here nor there. Everyone at home, Google the list of confirmed uh, sexual assault cases against Trump. It's horrifying. Fucking like hell. there's so many of them. Fucking hell. Yeah. Um, I do want to say, though, about Me Too is, like, I'm not entirely comfortable. And I said at the live show that my um, silver lining was Me Too. But yeah. the hashtag aspect of it, how much can happen? And I, I know that speaking about it, like, something is better than nothing in this case. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm worried that it runs the risk of falling into the wayside because it's so easy just to hashtag something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we need, it's sort the start of. of a conversation. It's not yep. the conversation. Right. Okay, cool. You know? Yes, I'm on board with that. Or something. Um, other people have recently come out and told me they were worried about um, everyone coming out and hashtagging Me Too and therefore, like, taking away from the relevance of the people that it's actually horrifically affected. Right. Which I don't know if I agree with, but that's, that's a lot a, of people's concern around me. Sorry about the sirens right now. Oh, that, it's too hot to close the window. They're but coming for you. Yeah, I know. Yeah. What have I done? Tune in next week to find out. Um, <laughs> you no, gave but, me a goofy blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about the Me Too is is like uh, the issue and like the criticism I've heard that it makes um, survivors dredge up the sexual assault. Yeah, um, yeah I've heard that. And instead of putting the onus on the perpetrators. But again, like you're not going to, if you're a rapist, you're not going to tell everyone, oh, I'm a rapist. Yeah. So it, Unfortunately, the onus has I'm, to be on the victim. And now yeah. publicly on the victim, which you're right. That must be quite traumatic. Yeah. 
Yeah, and for people who who have been sexually assaulted but aren't ready to say they're me too, I also yeah. wonder how to. I'm such a fucking downer. You brought this up, and I'm just like, what about this? And what about no, that? no, no? That's good. Like, be a downer. Fucking okay, let's do it. I'm always a downer. I feel like we're not as jovial as we usually are, but that's alright. That's okay. Let's change it up. Yeah, let's. One change time it I up. got head in a fucking pizza place. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> are you? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not just joking. But I actually don't want to switch to that. But um, Elliot just did some quick, quick research. Yeah, it's um, this one article on it uh, cites the the first person to use Me Too as African American activist Tarana Burke. So just for some facts, awesome. Some and that quick. was what two a year and a half ago, um, around there. Sorry, I'm asking you things that over a decade ago. Found. Over a decade ago. Yeah. Holy moly! So before there was hashtagging hashtagery. Hashtag- <laughs> awesome. <laughs> hashtagery. hashtagery. That's horrifying. What? what I is? said hashfaggery and you said hashtagery faggery <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I hate you, Pico de Gallo. I was just going to ask, Pico de Gallo, not now. Just do it. Should I say it? Yeah, and then I'll go into my Me Too thing. Okay. I still have like a whole shit spiel for you. Okay, okay, okay. Um, really fast, Pico de Gallo, because we just keep saying it. Yeah. Tom and I horrifically say the same thing at the yeah. same time all the time. Which is part of the reason why we thought that this was a good idea to do this mm-hmm. podcast, because our brains usually connect with each other in really gross ways. Yeah, I feel like Satan opened like a portal between both of our minds. And that's why it's able to. Uh, so anyway, we're at this bar and this is not a good story. Yes, it is. There's just like cute, like twinky bottom, like bus Oh, I love person. Him. Oh, he had huge arms and a big bottom. Oh, yeah. So My good. favorite things. So good. Um, anyway, at the same time, for seemingly no reason, Tom and I looked at each other and both said, I would love to eat Pico, Pico de, de Gallo, Gallo out, out of his, his asshole. asshole. And, just, and it didn't make any sense because why on earth would we both say that exact sentence? Like, and it's why so do specific we wanna, Yeah, why strange? are we eating anything out of his asshole? Like, just the whole thing. And, like, thing. who even knows what Pico de Gallo is? I know, like, I know. There must have been something subconsciously, but it, it was to the point where we both had to get up from the table and just walk away. I was like, furious. I couldn't, yeah, couldn't sit down. I feel like had someone taken, like, stolen my identity yeah. from me. In a way, I feel like you maybe created me, but that's like another story for another time. <laughs> that's giving me a lot of credit. <laughs> well, because like when, when I don't want to be in charge of this. I mess. met Tom through a job, and like I was like young-ish, and he was like a manager. And then <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> maybe we'll Especially cut all that. Because of what we're talking about. Oh, I'm gonna leave it vague on purpose. Okay, continue. Mm. So yes, um, uh, so. Anthony Rapp hashtagged me too. Uh, do you know who Anthony Rapp is? Nope. Cool. So he's um, he's on the new Star Trek show, which is actually quite good. Cool. Um, he plays like the first openly queer character on a Star Trek show. I saw that, but not. Um, and he was the uh, originated the role of um, Mark. I think is the main character's role in Rent on Broadway. Cool. Um. Anyway, so he's been a star for a really long time, and he came out and said that Kevin Spacey had uh, sexually assaulted him when he was 14 years old. I did see this, yes. I know, sorry. I I entered through the back to Mm -hmm. that story, but... uh, So when he was 14, in an interview with BuzzFeed, thank you, BuzzFeed, Rap said that Spacey picked him up, put him on his bed, and was trying to get with him sexually in 1986. Spacey was 26. Rap was 14. (laughs) response to the allegations, Spacey tweeted that he was beyond horrified to hear um, Rap's story. And Spacey tweeted, I honestly do not remember the encounter. It would have been over 30 years ago. 
But if I did behave then, as he describes, I owe him, this, I owe him the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. And I'm sorry for the feelings he describes having carried with him all these years. And then what did he do? And then he tweeted this letter. Can I read it? Yes, please. Uh, this story has encouraged me to address other things about my life. I know that there are stories out there about me that some have been fueled by the fact that I have been so protective of my privacy. As those closest to me know, in my life, I've had relationships with both men and women. I've loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life, and I choose now to live as a gay man. I want to deal with this honestly and openly, and that that starts with examining my own behavior. Kevin Spacey. Examine that behavior, you Kevin Spacey. Of fucking shit garbage. The dumpster fire. fire. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Is that the most inappropriate thing you've ever heard or There's what? There's so many things wrong with that. So many things wrong. So many things. Um, first, the admiration not needed. You um, assaulted him. Yeah. Second, uh, you choose now to be gay. Not not cool. Probably, like, shouldn't. You know what I mean? For yeah, what a weird are, rhetoric to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just weird wording. Um, and third... <laughs> Do you really just respond to a sexual assault allegation by coming out of the closet and yeah. conflating pedophilia with like gayness even exactly. further? It's just so wrong. It's so wrong. What a fucking dumbass. You know what the fucking weirdest part is? Like, um, I grew up on Family Guy, and they like a decade ago had a bit where Stewie runs naked through a mall on a dare and says, "Help! I just escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement." Yeah, I've heard stuff about Kevin Spacey like personally. Oh yeah, right. We have a friend like, for who... over a decade. Too. Yeah. Um fucking asshole fucking fucking asshole so i just want to read like uh, really quickly mm-hmm. i'm sorry if this mm-hmm. is taking mm-hmm. up too much time no um some like uh response tweets to this tweet amazing so the first is from dan savage who of course everyone knows from the savage love columnist um, and also it gets better oh it gets better of course. which duh, what duh, a duh. fucking um and so he tweeted nope to kevin spacey's statement nope there's no amount or of drunk or closeted that excuses or explains away assaulting a 14-year-old child. Yeah, that's round of applause for that. That's- Ashley Marie Preston said, I'm not interested in Kevin Spacey being gay. I'm curious as to why we're conflating sexuality the, with the molestation of a minor. Stay on topic. Because we're supposed to feel bad for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Are you trying up. to paint yourself as a victim right now? Ugh. Obviously. Or by a hero for coming out? Like, I can't tell. Like, what was his... The real thing is he's a white, wealthy man. So was anyone actually surprised? Yeah, well... You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, that's it. Fuck Kevin Spacey. Fuck Kevin Spacey. Fuck them all. Fuck Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Even more because he's trying to do this weird, like, sneak attack around it. But... Yeah. 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 Oh, that's really depressing. Yeah. Um, but at least people are not taking a shit. Like, it wasn't received properly at all. Right. Which is good. And then his, like, show was canceled. But I think they picked it back up and they're going to replace him with someone else. I- I've heard that they didn't cancel it because of the sexual assault allegation. Oh. But I could be wrong. You're talking about Netflix and House of Cards, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think they were going to cancel him before, but I I'm, oh, okay. don't know. Um, okay. <sighs> so, going from one thing to another now. Uh, what I brought for you today is in light of uh, today being... Um, World AIDS Day. Yes. Which is, yeah, annually on December 1st. So that is Great. today for listeners who are tuning in. Like, this will come out in two. I think this is like the 14th or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So sorry for the timeline, but here's what we're doing for it. So I don't know if you heard Trump's address today for World AIDS Day. Oh, no, I did not. <coughs> oh, God. 
No, I don't know if I can hear it without smashing this microphone. So I'll just say, so I'll read it first and then I can talk about it. So, uh, today on World AIDS Day, we honor those who have lost their lives to AIDS. We celebrate the remarkable progress we have made in combating this disease, and we reaffirm our ongoing commitment to end AIDS as a public health threat. Since the beginning of the HIV AIDS epidemic, more than 76 million people around the world have become infected with HIV, and 35 million have died of AIDS. As of 2014, 1.1 million people in the U.S. are living with HIV. On this day, we pray for all those living with HIV and those who have lost their loved ones to AIDS. So what do you notice missing from that? prayers again. Yeah, and what isn't mentioned? Any kind of action whatsoever? Well, yeah, or the LGBTQ. Q community right, or course. people of color or the prevalence rate. It's like he literally fucking Googled the statistics on AIDS and read it out. Like it's Yeah, and to be like you're giving him too much credit, number one. Like there's no way he wrote that. No, 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 sorry, absolutely not. But the the fact that that was left out. Glaringly like, left out. Yeah. Um so notably the other president who had done this was George Bush, like in the recent uh, presidencies. Um but Obama um and Bill Clinton had both um at least mentioned LGBTQ individuals, right? Because people of color yeah yeah people of color because the high prevalence um okay so in light of that tom i have a quiz for you no i'm really sorry can i just say no this time (laughs) you absolutely cannot um (laughs) (laughs) um fuck all right also just for everyone listening who's like maybe like we had like there's like a surprise coming up after this too right should we just drop maybe but they'll also probably read the description Oh, yeah, that's fair. Um, Okay. These are taken from uh, worldaidsday.org, PBS, and LGBTQ stats. Um, The last one is a book by Deschamps and Singer. Anywho. Can I first, as usual, address my stupid faggotry before we start? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Because I'm very stupid. Yes. No, no one forgot. So don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Also, can I just say, too, like, I'm not coming for PBS, but their online quiz had nothing to do with queer individuals whatsoever so i had to actually look for like outside sources okay um, and a lot of this stuff is american centric so forgive me that's okay okay question number one someone living with hiv diagnosed on time and on effective treatment can expect to live on average 10 years from the moment of infection 20 years from the moment of infection five to ten years less than a normal lifespan or the same as someone without hiv um i'm almost positive that it's the same as someone without uh, hiv correct so the description is that people with HIV who are taking HIV meds and have an undetectable viral load and a normal CD4 count can have the same lifespan as the general population. Amazing. Amazing. What a great thing to hear. Which wasn't always the case. No. So well, yeah, le- let's yeah. hear it for biomedicine right now. Um, two, if you're living with HIV on effective HIV treatment and are having unprotected sex, the chances of passing the virus are virtually nil, one in 40, one in 20, or one in 130. Oh, that was a weird ordering of numbers. Um, uh, can you uh, repeat? So virtually nil, one in one forty, or sorry, one in forty, one in twenty, one in one thirty. Why isn't that weird order? Um, sorry, I did a lot of copy pastey. Uh, oh, geez. Um, I might say one in twenty. So it's actually virtually nil. Um, oh what yeah because well i'm assuming effective hiv treatment is um like the modern treatments that you can oh wow which is again i'm amazing. so off base um okay number three what oh, okay no 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 what no i don't know uh no i don't have a smart question so go on 
in the U.S., what percentage of new HIV infections each year occur in African Americans? This this language is also from websites. I don't know if that's. I think it's black people. Um, or people of color, but that's percentage? also different. Yeah. Uh, what percentage of new HIV infections each year occur in African Americans? Uh, I don't know. Ten. Let me give you the numbers that I forgot to give you. It's either 20, 50, or 60. Oh, 20. 50. Okay. Whoa, that's much higher than I thought. Yeah, so half of the new HIV infections are in African Americans. Yes. How many people are living with HIV in the U.S.? It's either more than 1.2 million, more than 3.4 million, or more than 7 million. Well, I know that it's uh, more than 1.2 million. Yeah, that's Because that's what was just tweeted by their commander-in-chief. Amazing. You're doing really good so far. I don't know. What percentage of that 1.2 million are unaware of their infection? About 25%, about 76%, or about 13%? Shut Again, up the order. These numbers I, are really... It's supposed to throw you off. Uh, also, I was too lazy to order them. Um, uh, unaware? I hope 13%. Yep, you're right. Okay. What percentage of those living with HIV in the U.S. are gay and bi men? It's either... 80- Can you go in order? When you ask this, because my brain can't. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, 57%, 64%, or 83%. Uh, whoa, those are all high numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hoping for the lowest, 57 or whatever. Yeah, it is 57, okay. which even as lowest is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so of these gay and bi men diagnosed with HIV, how many uh, were African American? This is based on a 2014 study. Okay. So it's either uh, 29%, 38%, or 50%. Oh, shit. Uh, 38 makes sounds like the most sense to me. Yes, queen. 38. Uh, in a 2014 study, what percentage of... Sorry, I don't want to You're not whooping for... Yeah. That's like... That, I, that comes off wrong. <laughs> you got it right. Yeah. <laughs> You're a monster. Fuck. Um, in a 2014 study, what percentage of gay and bi men said AIDS were, quote, or was, quote, not too significant or not a significant issue to them? So it was either 20%, 50%, or 70%. Uh, I might say 70%. It was 50, but okay. aiming for that ignorance, yeah. 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 Just because I, uh, like, this, just the circles I know, probably people don't worry about it. Yeah, which yeah. you should be. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Um, again, too, like that. I, this is unfounded, but I've heard uh, the statistics that was told to me one time when I went to get tested was one in four gay men in Toronto have HIV. Wow. Yeah. Uh, mind you, that statistic okay, see, is for like people much, much older. Right. Much, much like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot so- of someone my age, the, the stat would be much, much lower. But yeah, there's a lot of variables. I should yeah. re redo this with Canadian after. No, no, that's um, okay. Like, there's like a ton of Americans listening. So yeah, we we love you. We support you. Keep, and your president keep an going. Asshole, so yeah, in light of that today, I we know. should we should talk about it. Um, what percentage of people living with HIV are women? It's either 15%, 25, or 45. Uh, I might say 15. It's 25. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, I just never hear about any. <clears throat> I know, right? With it. I don't know why, but I don't. Right. It was actually hard to find that stat. Yeah. So, um, and only 45% of those women are getting the care they need, which is <gasps> fucked up. Yeah. Oh, dear. So about half. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? No. Oh, no. I wish. Oh, um, no. How many transgender Americans are oh. HIV positive? Oh, God. So it's either um, less than 10, nearly a third, or about half. Oh, my God. I, Oh, wow. Yeah. I hope it's less than 10, but I, 
I want to say near. I want to say a third. Yeah, it's nearly a third. Yeah. Fuck. Oh my god. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So like thirty-three percent. Fucking fuck. I know. Oh, fuck. Uh, and then so of that, fifty percent of African American trans women are HIV positive. Fifty percent. Fifty-six percent. Holy yeah, shit. Of black trans women and sixteen percent of Latina trans women are HIV. Holy positive. fuck. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <coughs> Um, so worldwide, oh my God, I can't even believe that stat. I know. Like, I don't know how to do. Okay, go. I know. Right though. Oh, and the wow. fact that the president just goes up there and is like, boop, oh. deep, bloop, like this money fucking, um, oh, horrifying worldwide. 40 million people are estimated to be infected with HIV. Yeah. Okay. Wait, does that coincide with, um, so Trump just said 76 million around the world. Okay. Um, anyway, so whatever. Uh, so 40 million people are estimated to be infected with HIV. How many don't know they're infected? Oh, boy. 40%, 50%, or 90%? Oh, my God. I hope to fucking Christ that's not 90%. I have to say 40. It's 90. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. 90% of people living with HIV in the world don't know they have HIV. Anyone at home, try and Google that stat. I'm almost positive that is the right number, but that's we like need to blowing fucking my check. mind. Like, no, these are fact that's checked. These are, that's, yeah. that's totally insane to me. Oh, God. Um, this is. I shouldn't say the word insane, but. I know I totally said I said insane too, and I. Anyway. It's. Um, yeah, it's fucked right up. Um, okay, next. How many times a day does HIV reproduce in the body? 50 to 100 times, 10,000 to 100 times, or 10 billion to 1 trillion times? I don't even know what that question means. How fast do the cells uh, reproduce? Um, the highest. Mm-hmm. So 10 cell. billion to 1 trillion times a day, HIV reproduces itself in your body. Oh, boy. Which is why it's so difficult to fight. Right. Okay, you're doing great. Almost done. Oh, my God. Um, how this long? a lot. I know. I'm so sorry. Why am I such a fucking downer? No, no. It's important, though. Uh, how long is HIV's so-called dormancy period, which is when an infected person doesn't experience symptoms? Is it uh, up to six months, up to two years, or up to ten years? Oh my god, I hope it's not up to ten years. Um, I think two years. It's up to ten years. Oh my god. Yeah. So whatever you hope it's not, uh, you can probably just guess that that's what it is. Uh, in a 2006 survey, how many Americans incorrectly believe that HIV could be transmitted through sharing a drinking glass <laughs> with an HIV positive person? Don't. So it's either... Don't. I can't hear this. It's either 10%, 23%, or 40%. It better be fucking 10%, but I've learned so far to say 40. It's 23, so <laughs> okay, a little bit in the middle. the difference. A lot of Americans. Though, like, it's almost a quarter of people <laughs> think that they can yeah. get... Oh my God, get HIV after sharing a glass of yeah. something? Yeah, I know. I also saw one for mosquito bites too, so oh, you can't. No. Um, but So some people uh, have a natural protection against HIV, true or false? Uh, that sounds false. So it's true, oh. uh, which is interesting. The reason is that it's a mutation of the gene encoding CCR5, which is the co-receptor for HIV. So it's actually a gene mutation that makes you not allowed. So next question. Uh, what percentage of the population have this immunity? Do you think it's under 1%, 1%, or over 5 Um, I have to say under 1%. Yeah, it's under 1%. Uh, two more questions. Uh, when did HIV first cross the species barrier, evolving from a simian virus to a human virus? Simian being uh, like chimpanzee. Yeah. So it's either 1930s, 1950s, or 1970s. Um... I'm going to say 
uh, because I think there weren't any known cases until the late 70s, I want to say the 70s. So it was the 30s. Oh. Um, so I'm guessing that's why, because they didn't, they didn't catch it. Like, it would have lay dormant. And when I was researching, um, I've seen numbers earlier than that. So this is just from, from PBS. <laughs> uh, last question. So how, can I ask a really ignorant qu- how? question? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Actually, um, there's a lot of research. We should corrections corner this final question though. And this is, um, a scientific speculation. It's the best, it's the best speculation they have, but, or it might be fact. (laughs) 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 Welcome to my life. Uh, we know facts (laughs) and speculation. Where did the dominant strain of HIV, which has infected 90% of the world's human population, (laughs) Okay, wait. Oh, like, so the dominant strain is like 90% of HIV infections. So uh, where did this strain first emerge? Somewhere around Lake Victoria, Central Africa, Southeastern Cameroon, or we'll never know. (laughs) Thank PBS for this. That's such a silly question. It it doesn't really even like Um, matter. No, of course it doesn't matter. And it has to be, we'll never know. It's Southeastern Cameroon, okay. which is scientifically intriguing, but also kind of like not important. Yeah. So I just want to say that, so I copy pasted from PBS. Yeah. I had to cut a lot of questions because they were really problematic and not a single one of their questions had to do with um, LGBTQ individuals or people of color. And it was like, um, it was like heterosexual. But you asked me a bunch of questions. So that's because oh, I do other last sources. ones. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I probably should have cut that last question. But anyway, scientifically speaking, that's where they think it came from. Thanks for being a trooper through that. I mean... Yeah. I hope everyone learned something. I mean, I sure did. Yeah, me that's, too. Some of those stats were really fucked up. Yeah. I just don't believe them, but... Yeah. Fuck. I mean, do your own research. I'm encouraging everyone to, yeah, to figure it out. But yeah. I just hope to know, because like, I'm really ignorant about it, and I learned my ignorance through... I'm, I'm, so. I still feel ignorant about it. Like there's still a lot more that I want to learn. Like, and I feel inspired to learn through that, through what you just did. So thank you. Well, it's out there. It wasn't hard to find. So yeah, yeah. we live in the age of, yeah, information. Okay, we gotta. That was way out of gears here. In on a way lighter note, yeah. on an exciting note, yeah. uh, we have a special guest with us today. Special guest. Um, introduce her. Introduce. <laughs> I don't know how to say your name now. <laughs> I thought I did, but I was it's saying fine. it wrong. No, I, I know how to say it. Marika. Well, that was perfect. Was it I actually? I could not have thought of a better way to pronounce this. Yeah. <laughs> don't lie. Marika. Marika. Funny facts to start off with. Yeah. If you pronounce my name Marika, yeah. so you do like an A instead of an E, it actually means faggot in Spanish. <gasps> Shut the fuck up. That's the best thing that I've ever heard. Oh my god. Elliot, you're such a a stupid (laughs) maraca. Was that right? (laughs) This is a question. I know it's wonderful. I was with my friend in Barcelona last spring and she's from there or she's from Madrid, but we were there and she was screaming my name because we were on a big square with a lot of drunk people and she's like, Marika, Marika and everyone's like, What are you saying? (laughs) That's so offensive. And I was like, No, she's right. I love that. That's fucking No, it's awesome. My parents knew before me, so it's all good. That's so (laughs) (laughs) amazing. Worried about your microphone. Speak right into it. I have to speak closer. There I am. Marika. 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 Okay. Well, Throw away perfect. the last vowel, I think. Yeah. Marika. It's more like uh. Marika. Marika. Yeah. 
Well, welcome and Unless, thank you yeah. Yeah. so much. Thanks Unless, for joining I'm us. I'm so happy to be here. Thank <laughs> you so for fun. having me. Sorry to drag you through that. Uh, that yeah. was fine. I think it's so Those, important. Yeah. There's so many misconceptions around mm-hmm. HIV AIDS. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm in class with a bunch of people doing activism around it. And I've just realized just how much prejudice and horrible stereotyping there is. Also in the queer community around like queer women. I've noticed a lot of like oh, really? biphobia towards men because of it. It's really interesting. That's so strange. Like them not wanting to sleep with with bisexual men because of it and just like all these misconceptions of like straight people don't get HIV it's right. so it can also work the other way around right wow. like it's not just that it's not acknowledged yeah. in the queer and trans community in the way it should it's also like when it is there when we talk about it it's often those people who are seen as the most dangerous or the least sexually like people want to interact with them sexually the least because wow. of it that that's something I've noticed Wow. And some of my classmates actually pointing me to the fact or us as a group that in some states in Canada, straight people have higher rates of or people who sleep in straight relationships or have straight relationships have higher rates of HIV and AIDS than queer people. Wow. Especially gay and bisexual men. Which is so. something you never hear. No, we don't talk about no, it in the same way. Yeah. So. yeah. Oh, so oh, interesting. Anyway. You just schooled me, and it's like not even your fucking. <laughs> I know. Can you come every week? Yeah, so actually, can we just replace you with Yeah, that? I'm just going <laughs> to hand you my mic and just walk away at this point. <laughs> what is the point? Uh, um, okay, so out of um, like tradition at this point, yes. we need to ask you two questions. Okay. One, what like color are you feeling today? Oh, yeah. What's your oh, color? Wow. You have to pick color. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty fucking purple right now. Great. <laughs> I love purple. I am so queer today, so that's oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, and then number two, uh, how do you feel about the word queer? Um, it's my life, so I feel pretty good about it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been a process, right? Like for everyone else, but I feel like I've been pretty young in discovering it relatively compared to other people around me. I've been in like a pretty amazing setting from the age of 17. So I think I was just very lucky to meet a lot of like politically active people very early on, becoming more of the queer and trans community pretty early on especially so considering the place i grew up which is like a very wide very farmer's town up <clears> north <throat> in the netherlands which is where i'm from we need to get into that yeah i know nothing <laughs> about the netherlands me neither well i know i had some friends but so what do you know i want to know what do you think when you hear the word the netherlands <laughs> what do you hear i've never been i've never been either i wasn't sure if it was its own country or if it was like a state in another country in what country though yeah no don't know like um <laughs> like i always think it's like i love it part of belgium part yeah. of germany mm, i probably couldn't even point out on a map so that's okay. about my do you extent. know it's in europe mm-hmm. okay yes <laughs> like yes okay. i just don't think about it very much you know okay. what i mean it's fine no one should really spend time thinking i know about that the um all of they oh fuck i should know more than this but should you? Cause the I Netherlands said, like gift us with tulips every year or something. Oh, like, probably. There's tulips. a very good relationship between Canada and yeah. the Netherlands. It all and, has and to do with How is that what you know? And all of the... I don't know. I'm a weirdo. And I mean, you saved the, us in the Second World War from the Nazis. That was you. Oh, that, that was all you. you we tulips. love you. Oh, nice. Yeah. And all of our... Um, do you know down on Queen's Key, we have all these cool new docks that are like sort of wave-like? No, I didn't see that. And right by Amsterdam Brewery. Okay, yeah, I know I know the place. Mm-hmm. So the, the that was also a gift from the Netherlands. That cool. whole wow. boardwalk. Look at us. Yeah. I love it. And I know that you have um, uh, worrisome 
um, racial traditions oh, yeah. around. We definitely do around the holidays. <laughs> yeah, you taught me that one. <laughs> yeah, and that your pride parade is like on a fucking river, which is yeah, amazing. We have <gasps> candles in the boats. They're on boats. Yeah. I was cool. on one in June. It that's was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry. That. That's uh, tell me what. Like, who cares what I think? You know? <laughs> I just um, think it's fascinating. None of you brought up weeds or sex work. Or windmills or tulips. Oh, you brought up tulips. Sorry. I didn't or know. Or wooden shoes. Clogs. Clogs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. I understand all of those as like a stereotype. Okay. Like I would say like that's like someone saying to me, oh, moose and maple syrup. Oh, yeah. And, exactly. Uh, and mm-hmm. a maple leaf. Yeah. But is, is like sex work like they have protection laws for sex work? Okay. So there's like a very complex story and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm the most informed mm-hmm. around this, but technically it's legal. Cool. But that does not mean that the way it's enforced right now makes sense. Like a lot of sex workers do not have the right they need to have at all. And right. there's a lot of human trafficking, a lot, especially oh, really? in the city where I'm from. Yeah, mostly Eastern European women being lured into the Netherlands for like a dancing career or something else. And there's like a bunch of so because it's legal, often it's set aside as something that is working, which is just not. It's a very easy way to cast away like all the problems wow. going on because there's a lot of um yeah people taking advantage of the system right now which doesn't mean like it's so great that it's legal and i think it should be legal everywhere but there's like so much laws so many laws around it that are just not working in the way they should so like when people go to the red light districts in amsterdam people are like oh look at all these women and it's legal and i can do whatever the fuck i want but i forgot the statistics but i think it's okay so i'm not going to say anything but i know it's like a huge amount of women there that are not actually there because they chose to be there or oh in any God. way so a lot of them have their ideas and pass ids and passports taken away from them which doesn't like discredit all the people who do want to be there but yeah. like it's just super important to keep in mind that not in the netherlands it's not at all perfect world for sex workers both Holy for the shit. people who are like wow. looking for rights as well as the people who are forced into the industry it's just like a very a messy sticky place so it's like canada saying that we're like the nice country and kind of like having that hide a lot of our really sketchy politics you know like people think the netherlands is great for sex work yeah and for many other things like very tolerant right and like progressive which is all just a bullshit fucking lie don't believe it really the netherlands is the worst yeah maybe not the worst (laughs) (laughs) don't buy the lies and don't move there you're gonna be yeah yeah dancers don't go there to dance unless you know for sure jesus this is so fascinating to hear yeah um, I really want to ask you before we get off track if you're willing to talk about because uh, you said like you had a good time being queer when you were young when you were 17 like I wonder if you could kind of talk about that okay maybe I was a bit too optimistic I was very gay when I was 17 which okay. is like I do not want to equate that with queer at all so I'm right I started dating can you, my girlfriend um, just for the listeners can you maybe tell why you don't want to equate those two ah uh, yeah of course cool. I mean okay so I'm a I'm a cis woman who has been dating uh, women since I was quite young. Like, I think I've never really... I bought into the whole straight thing for, like, a year or two in high school, but I got super confused by it. And then I think I started dating my girlfriend when I was, like, 17 or something. We met on a gay forum. And for me, just this embracing, like, the term lesbian felt like a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely was not into queer politics. Like, for me, being gay at that point still sexy i'm not really sure how to identify myself but back then identifying as a lesbian did not i did not want to equate it would not want to equate it with being queer back then because i was not at all aware of like intersectional feminism or 
trans politics or just any kind of sort of anti-racist activity i was just gay like it just meant that i was basically like dating a i think woman. that's the same for tom and i too. totally yeah. the like, same yeah. for us yeah. totally. i was just like fucking yeah. a girl and i was like it's so great to be fucking a girl and i'm so yeah. proud to be fucking end a girl. of that's story it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. yeah there's something political about yeah, this yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I do remember it feeling political to be like, and that's something we'll probably be able to get back to, but like it felt political for me to be like a very feminine girl, woman, whatever, mm-hmm. and dating a very feminine girl, woman, because it just felt like something that was exceptional at that time. Like all the lesbians I knew, both like in like media representation as well as in my environment, were very butch. So in that sense, I think I was a little bit political just by being like, I want to be femme and gay yeah. mm-hmm. and not be like adhering right, to what not... people think a gay woman yeah, looks like. Yeah, yeah. Did you get a lot of questions about that growing up? Like, Yeah, I think people thought we were very intimate friends. Right. Oh, you mean like when I grew up before meeting her? Well, like where people go, like when are you gonna cut your hair? Like do people like try and put you. Oh in yeah, that, like, definitely. Box, I think of? people were like really confused, especially when we would go out and start like making out and stuff. People would be like, "Oh, are you doing this to turn me on?" Like men, not people, <laughs> fucking men. I'll <Ew>. <laughs> <laughs> just call it what it is. <laughs> it's not people. It's men. It always is. So yeah, it was just very interesting to see how. Um, because we had long hair and wore like lipstick and heels and dresses, people would think it was for their entertainment and not for our like actual pleasure of being together. Holy shit, that is so narcissistic. Yeah, that and it's so especially fun. horrible when you're a young girl. I was sexualized in a way that I'd never been sexual. I mean, I was 17. It's a very yeah, young age to fuck. feel sexualized by all these like much older men who are just like watching you and basically masturbating. Wow. Um, so I think it's hard to be like a femme gay person at a young mm-hmm. age and to feel like you're in so many like different ways of being femme right but for me it felt like wow it felt pretty oppressive most of the time but it also felt empowering within the gay community just to be like it's not that i don't i just never really identified with masculinity in any way and i also felt very powerful in ways to not feel attracted to that in the same way mm-hmm. as a lot of queer communities i think i idealize masculinity okay let's i mean no but like i I love love that that. (laughs) yeah i love that um a you're not missing out on anything (laughs) b (laughs) yes to that like you're lucky like i fucking wish i didn't have to no that's great and so um sorry just to uh and so how is queer different oh yeah well i guess the way to sort of describe it best is just to explain like how i first went from where i feel like i sort of moved away from this feeling of being like a lesbian without any political not any like i started reading virginia Woolf at 15 it wasn't like i was just not a feminist but it mm-hmm. wasn't like as active and when i did my undergrad i fell in love with someone who was um, engaged at the time and she was polyamorous um not really in the ways that i practice it now like of course things change and mm-hmm. looking back it's not at all how i do polyamory right now but i do remember like falling in love with her i broke up with my girlfriend which i still the way i did it was very shitty but i was like 20 so whatever um We've all had those, yeah right? <laughs> it was very interesting to meet her <laughs> and to see that relationships could be done differently that they could also be not possess like possessive mm-hmm. and jealous but there could be like different ways of doing things and then she introduced me to like all of her friends who are all like very queer and very active in the queer and activist communities there was like a squat that she took me to in Maastricht the city where I studied in the south of the Netherlands um, and I remember just seeing all these people like expressing all these genders that I'd never like encountered before because I was so used to being around like normative femininity and normative masculinity and just seeing that being bended all over the place and seeing all these people engaging in non-monogamous relations it just made me feel like i'm much more than just not interested in men i'm also like all these other things and polyamorous and so you're 17 at that time 
no i was 20 20, right like the time passed with my girlfriend we were three years of like full-on possessive very Mm. homonormative very Mm -hmm. not at all questioning politics or not like i am now so yeah that's so amazing. That's right. Like, yeah. I feel like you have so much to teach people. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> Thank <Me>. you. <laughs> so I feel like, honored. So the word queer means something more political to you then? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many differences between queer. I don't want to equate like queer politics, queer theory, queer mm-hmm. identities. They're all different things to me. But I would say overall, queer has a very intersectional awareness of identity and also has some sort of political engagement, has some normative challenging or challenging of normativities and norms um accepting of kinds of gray areas and fluidities um, um we're gonna cancel this podcast as soon as you're done talking <laughs> do you because wanna, you just want to burn both of our mics and <laughs> yeah. she can just do the rest of this oh no hit every single nail on the head like i do not feel such a succinct enough. way yeah. too like we would spend 40 minutes trying to be like yeah well, the queer the queer the queer areas but. queer 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 <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree too. And it's funny because my mom was on this podcast um, a couple weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. And she was saying when I came out, she ran with um, queer theorists and she was very like politically active, like feminism and queer um, activism. But she let me have gay. She's like, I didn't ever want to kind of introduce that to you because for a while I was just so happy to be gay. Mm-hmm. Like when you first come out, it's too much. Maybe yeah. to think about that whole like intersection. Um, and that also, again, completely depends on your gender identity, right? Like right. as a cis queer person, for me, it's like, I don't, I never had to question anything else than my sexuality because. Yeah, yeah. same. You just, yeah. And like, You're I just felt like, like, I'm a, gay. This feels great. Yeah. <laughs> like I made like the biggest like coming out I'll yeah. ever have to do. And yeah. And that's why Tom and I always try to say like further. Also, um, Marie kids in my. Uh, cyber feminism class that I yeah. always talk oh. about. So it's the Willow real. Rosenberg class. The Willow Rosenberg class. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's real. Just so everyone knows. It, it sounds like I made it up. Every like, Wednesday it's there. Yeah, every Wednesday. It's not That's Elliot's so stream world. Cool. Like I wish everyone could it take is. that class. Yeah. Every, that should be mandatory. The the yeah. last we had actually the last class last week and it was so cute and emotional. Yeah, I felt goodbye. pretty Here emotional. Here I am like teaching my Me kids too. cookie decorating. I should be teaching them cyber feminism. Okay, oh, yeah. but they're also 12. Like, let them have their youth. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there should be just gender studies 101 for every single university I, faculty. I mean, yes, completely and even agree. like Especially in this world. Yeah. yeah. Completely agree. It's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I derailed myself, though. I was going to say, in that class, we talk about, and Tom and I talk about, problematizing the coming out. Because especially oh, yeah. when you can... Fuck yeah. Right? And when you can grasp queerness in all of its glory you realize that yeah. uh, you're continually coming out and there's never a, no. an idealized achieved form you know i'm totally right. and also yeah. just the privilege of coming out and having like support around me mm-hmm. and also like my femme identity can also be like very a huge privilege i acknowledge as like a woman being femme it's like okay people are not going to always perceive me as queer right nor my parents and for my family it was very easy to accept that i had a girlfriend because i wasn't messing with their expect expectations of my gender identity i was still wearing the same dresses you know what if i would have been a butch lesbian it would have been completely different so yeah so true i mean i i I wonder because like there's so much to say about like the the weird differences between the lesbian and gay movement like Mm -hmm. for you it must have been very similar in some ways as long as you adhere to some sort of idea of masculinity people are going to be much more yeah I, i fit the bill and tom and i always say like we have the privilege to be coded as whatever kind of body we want to you know what mm-hmm. i mean like and especially as white cis men yeah. we can walk into a room we can play up the queerness or play it down yeah um, and even at our most queer i think as a man in a very patriarchal society yeah. we still have privilege so you know what i mean like it's 
almost hard for us to shed that yeah privilege you know so i mean there's so many complex layers to that because mm-hmm. i also feel i face a lot less or my violence that i face is very different it's more like sexualized violence whereas the violence you face i think as queer men it's just a very different layer of danger it's more of, for yeah, me yeah i don't know it's like it's, i would say erasure more than sexual violence it's it's like yeah. the the not acknowledging but I think for you, like the sexual violence gets slotted into a male fantasy. You know what I mean? Like it's an idealized form of sexuality. So that's where, yeah. But at the same time, you're like not adhering to ideas of masculinity. Right. By means, like because of your sexuality, which is like adhering from masculinity is like being different, deviating from it is a very, I think it's a very scary thing in this world. Yeah, me too. Hegemonic masculinity is very real. Yeah, it is very real. And that's why we need to keep fighting it, I mm-hmm. think. Like, it's so important to be visible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Shit. End of podcast. <laughs> I'm going to, like, <laughs> I literally am just going to put my microphone down and just no, listen you to you. Can't. Too. you I just, literally can't. I don't want to talk anymore. No, but talk. <laughs> <I do. laughs> or I want to ask questions if I can. Is there an instance or, like, a, mm-hmm. a story that is representative or is anecdotal yeah. of you... Uh, self-actualizing self-actualizing understanding your completely your um, polyamory or okay so I've been through a lot of wow I think I'm a very romantic person it's becoming less and less also because I'm self-actualizing more and projecting Uh less uh (laughs) Um, but in my early 20s I was definitely like very early 20s after I had a very dramatic so I broke up with my first girlfriend fell in love with someone else ended very dramatically and then I went on a trip through Eastern Europe with my best friends and we ended up in Budapest at some point we were staying I don't even remember how we met but I met this girl woman woman um we were both I think she was a bit older than me but I was 21 at the time and I remember seeing her and just feeling like I could crash right there and then like I don't know what it is with me but especially back then I I would see a woman and I literally felt like disappearing into I don't know. It's a very intense That's way so of falling sweet. in love. No, yeah. it's not sweet. It's projection, darling. It's not, it's, it's, Tell it me how nothing. it is. <laughs> and she'd be like, do you know Butler? And I'd be like, yeah, I know Butler. It was just like the first time where I met someone who was like feminist, queer. Well, I mean, queer. I don't know if she identified as that, but that's how I perceived her. And mm. like someone I was attracted to, femme, whatever. So we had like a little little thing which i projected the shit out of so i went to visit her after like three days together i was like i'm in love with you we ended up skyping for like a month or two and then i was like i'm just gonna book my tickets for my next holiday so i went to visit her which was the worst idea in the world it ended up that she was had never been with a woman before and also was kind of like just using me for a new story and um it was fine because like i got over it pretty quickly but it was at the time it felt pretty horrible to be there and to feel like a little toy and so i remember one day we were sitting at the park and i still didn't realize because it takes me a while to get when people are rejecting me usually (laughs) um we were sitting in the park on a bench and and i remember seeing us we were watching a straight couple passing by and she's like oh because she was like maybe she was quite a bit older i think she was like eight years older or something she was saying something like she just broke up with her boyfriend she's like i just hope we can get back to that place within five years because my ovaries are wasting away or something something about children and marriage and i remember looking at her and i was like you know i wouldn't want that from you i'm also not feeling jealous Mm -hmm. i also don't want that from anyone and i remember just feeling like this relationship 
escalator that she was talking about of like we grow up and then we move in together and then we're gonna have a marriage and then we're gonna have children I just felt so uncomfortable with it I also didn't feel any jealousy I was like what's wrong with me when she talks about men I'm not feeling jealous and then I was like suddenly on that bench in like 10 minutes I was re I just always thought that I would end up with a woman and then we would be in an apartment together in some nice city and we would have our friend group and then we would have a baby and then I suddenly like it was a flash where I was like this is not what I want and it felt so amazing and that I think when I came back home in October or something it was October I think I started a new course that was about sex and sexuality and it all came together I was like I'm not just questioning my sexuality I'm questioning like normative ways of living I'm questioning capitalism through that because this whole idea of like a nuclear family is so related to that I'm questioning heteronormativity, I'm questioning monogamy, I'm questioning like this idea of prioritizing romance over friendships. It was also the year where I finally started engaging in community living. It was just like, yeah, a big thing. They came yeah. in love with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have an Sorry. Whew. I need I a cold you. shower. <laughs> think i'm in love with you i did nothing Uh, maybe i think i'm just projecting (laughs) yeah that's probably what's happening you're giving tom the tools to deal with himself right now it's just funny that's fucking fascinating yeah that's so interesting yeah that is quite the aha moment on that bench then for you i mean right probably what happens with (coughs) memories that we construct things and it's like suddenly i realized probably that's not what happened probably took me three months but yeah sure Mm -hmm. or you realized something but you didn't know what you realized no i knew something was definitely not coinciding with how i imagined my future future although i always thought that was going to be my future it's so hard to imagine a different future in this world because yeah we're so programmed into thinking of one thing but yeah for decades we have this cookie cutter story right yeah society's checklist mm-hmm. i was just gonna say hearing you talk um like i don't have a lot of friends who are who are in school or doing the same thing that i'm doing and it makes me mm-hmm. really happy to realize that the places i've arrived at in my life i wouldn't be without my education yeah and i sometimes separate it but I have to remember that like it's I, I owe so much to yeah. these people that have taught me to these people that I've read and like yeah. just talking about Butler as a young queer like it's it's these milestones that you hit yeah. you know and like you have that with you and it's like a and we are not to Elliot this but we also have to address that like higher education is privilege it's totally. huge privilege 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 yeah I don't mean that in that you need to do it to reach those places you can for sure do it without yeah. school that's how I got there okay because cool. I had the privilege and I got mm-hmm. to jump all the steps you know and yeah. I knew that's what you meant. Like, I just wanted to clarify that. No, no, but thank you for clarifying because yeah. that can come across. Um, it's just, yeah, like I it, I explained it when I was younger as like the pulling of one thread and then mm-hmm. the whole thing kind of unravels this whole picture that you built for your life. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and that has to do with privilege in the first place. I mean, the fact that I got to know it through education is also because I am a white cis woman that doesn't yeah. really is not confronted with intersectionality in the same way if i wouldn't have read about it which is not Absolutely. to say that all white people should know about it because they read about it in higher education mm-hmm. it's just to say my identity i could have been gay all my life if it wasn't for my education i probably wouldn't have been because i still would have been like polyamorous and whatever yeah. but still i acknowledge that like in some ways i did not we maybe i can't speak for you but i feel like i didn't help have to face that I got to know it through academia precisely because of my privilege. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. It wasn't in my communities in the same way. So. Yeah, me neither. And I found my community uh, like after, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. After I went to school because I realized who I wanted to be. But but what you're saying about intersectionality is so true. Like we <laughs> arrive at these places that are revelations as yeah. cis white people when for other people, they're like, oh no, honey, like that's my yeah. fucking life. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? That's what like, I've been going through all this time. Yeah. Yeah. 
fucking school us. I know. It's like, I think we even said it in our first episode. We were like, oh, the world changed in 2006 and everyone was horrified. And like, no, only like cis white people are saying that. The rest of the population is like, uh, oh, you're just catching up now? Like, yeah, seriously. This it's about is, fucking time. Yeah, this yeah. is what it's been. This has been our whole lives. Like, oh, I'm so glad you finally reached, yeah. not even reached our level, but mm-hmm. like you've under, you mm-hmm. might start to understand where we are. Yeah, absolutely. That's a generalization, but. Nobody hear you. I also want to know about like whatever, like. Femphobia. Femphobia. Yes. Fuck yeah. What fuck yeah. the fuck? Femphobia. It's a real thing. Oh, absolutely. Across the world. It's yeah. also called misogyny, but it also takes different shapes in different places. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. How do you feel? Let me start with a question. How do you feel femphobia is real in like your communities? Oh, it's real. <laughs> it's yeah. real. Oh, it's fucking like blazing right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elliot? Yeah, um so so much. I mean, this is I have a personal anecdote. It's not about myself, but I was at a party with my partner and a close friend. And we were going back to sleep at that friend's house. Uh, and he ended up taking, like, a, a guy home that night. So it was the four of us. So me and my partner were staying in my friend's bedroom, who owned the house. And him and the guy were hooking up in another room. And our friend comes ruffling through his closet in the middle of the night. And we're like, what are you doing? And he's like, this guy said I was too femme and I have to change my clothes because he won't sleep with me. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, okay. You still you shouldn't, but not for that reason. Like yeah. he should go, but I, the shame it's it's real, and um, the fact that that person felt entitled to say mm-hmm. to a potential like sexual partner, like you actually need to change the way you look, which is so fucked up. Like that is very yeah strange. I don't think that's a unique story. I think that happens a lot. Yeah, uh, that's pretty fucked up. But what does it mean? What's what's at the core of that? Like the core of that, that is that femininity is weakness. It's right? weakness. Is that and what it's it is? A lot of I think gay men would defend their point by being like, "Well, I'm gay. I want men, not women." You know what I mean? Because gender is the strict totally binary. Did. They have this idea of a sex gender system, and like they, the same way that a lot of gays. It's so absurd who, to me. It's it's the preference conversation. A lot of white gays who don't like black people, but I'm not racist. I'm not racist. It's a it's preference. A preference. Yeah. No, you're racist. About? No, you're misogynist. No, like you're racist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You hate it. You know what I mean? Like it's you're attracted to the person. Yeah, like exactly. The and if you person. took if you took our friend home, why does what he's wearing all of a sudden now matter mm-hmm. when you're gonna have? Aren't sex you anyway? about like, to take his clothes off? Like yeah, what? that's so I think it says more about what like the person doesn't want to be with I don't know like a femme or mm-hmm. and I know in in um, crowds that we run in a lot like you it's said too with bad. your yeah it's too bad um, the 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 gay men that I know who are I don't even like using this term but like straight passing or like more masculine mm-hmm. just get so much more attention yeah mm-hmm. the gay movement the gay male movement pretty much like puts these people at their forefront right yeah mm-hmm. exactly which is so i don't know what it's like it, yeah i guess it's sort of what you said that you know they're attracted to men not women but that's no so but like it's also that's an excuse that's yeah, so it's binary like, i don't think that that's that's that what they back, say and that goes back to so many parts of our queer movement like exactly. how trans femininities are much more stigmatized violated against mm-hmm. discriminated against then trans masculinities absolutely and yeah. trans men and trans women you can't even begin to compare their experiences it's just that's such a yeah good point yeah um i want to what's your experience with femme shaming i mean i have to say in toronto it's been pretty refreshing being around here 
I'm so I identify as a queer femme and I've noticed that a lot of people here identify as that regardless of gender mm. identity it's just been very nice to feel so much feminine like energy and not like in a cis sexist like essentialist way but like just like a lot of femmes around me and in the bars that I've been to in Montreal I felt the same way so I would say across like in the Canadian space I've been in so far and maybe it's the particular communities I've been to I felt like at least masculinity was not always as dominant as back home so back home i noticed that's a nice lot. to hear yeah it is nice to hear well, also yeah. we're in the like but also i'm not in the gay male movement in... i've never been to like the village right I mean, so i've been you... here but i know honestly nothing. if you went you'd feel yeah you'd feel differently yeah, yeah. the this the straight acting white cis male yeah. is the alpha is the predominant yeah <sighs> god it bums me out so much and the thing totally. that's really fucked up is like if you go to our gay bars it's uh them presenting drag queens who yeah. is like like the performance of the night and yeah. yet that isn't like that is that is for consumption that's for entertainment that's for it's entertainment. not for yeah. it's not actually the people who are going to be desired exactly and exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. and, and, and experiences i've had with drag queens that do perform are yeah are really like marginalized by that mm-hmm. yeah. like they're not the desire they're not and their know, safety they, is not like insured in any way it's not like anyone's going to ask them how are you going to get home at night it's just exactly. for that moment yep. of performance totally they're not humans beyond it yeah. totally totally they're celebrated celebrated mm-hmm. in a in a large way and as soon as they se- step off stage it's yeah oh. so much has to change oh god that's yeah. a, what a weirdo like, and it yeah. makes more rigid the the boundary between yeah. masculinity and femininity like it reifies the gay male identity totally. you know what i mean totally um, and also all gay clothing stores like like the face of any sort of mm-hmm. capitalist endeavor from the gay community is mask like workout totally. gays you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it doesn't i know yeah yeah. Even on t- uh, even on, in the media, yeah. Even on TV, mm-hmm. totally. They get like straight actors, straight male actors, white male actors to play yeah. these roles. Mm-hmm. But it's also fascinating to me, so con- a concept that I've been contemplating a lot, like thinking over and over. Because I'm also thinking of like this in my bigger, like it's always been an academic interest of mine as well, just to see in the ways in which androgyny is taken up as a masculine concept and how we think about like an androgynous but i'm talking more about my specific queer communities which usually don't like mostly comprise of gay men it's more like queer and trans people slash like more yeah it's not a very gay space it's usually like a more queer space i would say if that makes sense yeah totally. and so these spaces have always i've always noticed me not being be me not being taken seriously as a queer person like a very very horrible and poignant and sort of proving anecdote of this is me entering trying to enter a queer bar in the netherlands we barely have any we have some gay bars but they're usually for gay men there was one lesbian bar but it closed down now it got taken over oh again God. but it's like a pretty nightmarish i hate living there um <laughs> fucking hate it don't want to move back Come so here, here. <laughs> it's been um they have a queer night every wednesday and they're attacking femphobia right now i I don't want to say there's not work being done but i was asked like i think it was like two years ago i was trying to enter the space it was every wednesday so it's usually like a squat bar for like whatever it's very underground and i try to enter it on a wednesday night which are the queer nights and they now do like testing questions because it's pretty downtown amsterdam so like anyone could pass by and it's like really cheap cheap booze so they want to keep like the cis straight people out um so they asked me if I knew what queer meant, but none of my other friends were being asked that, and none of my other friends were femme. Um, and it's very interesting just to see how queer masculinities, like when you 
when people perceive you as a butch woman or a masculine woman or an androgynous person more altogether regardless of your gender identity how people assume queerness is closer to your to your politics or you you know about politics more or you're more Mm -hmm. radical Mm -hmm. or less normative whereas me because i wear lipstick and and again i'm trying to emphasize i'm a cis femme and that's super different from being a trans femme and like Mm -hmm. i'm not stigmatized and targeted in the same way but still i feel like invisibility for me is such a real thing and and me having to prove time and time again that i'm queer just because of the way i look did you answer correctly did you get in yeah i got in and there was no shame on their part it's just very interesting to see how it's like that's so interesting that is so interesting um i really like what you're saying about androgyny being like almost like androcentric you know what yeah I mean? like, when like do you see androgyny like now they have these gender neutral stores in the netherlands so he's probably also here yeah and it's basically masculine clothing yeah and and the androgynous uh, models are, yeah. are masculine they presenting. have no hair or yeah. like short hair yeah. they will never have long hair yeah they will never wear nail polish because those are gendered effects and like the non-gendered <gasps> identity is a oh, guy i never thought about that it's yeah, an absolutely. extra masculine category yeah. like it's right. just like consuming that's androgyny really yeah androgyny is is femme people becoming more masculine? And it's like what I we ignored... learn in gender studies, right? The feminine is the other, yeah. and the masculine is the bases. Yeah, totally. Well, it's just so f- like, m- sorry, excuse my stupid faggotry, but from from what I'm sort of interpreting from this is is interesting is that the masculine um, um, section of gay men are the predominant ones and now switching over to lesbians or, or queer women um the masculine section of them are also predominant yeah that's that's really fucked up mm-hmm. in my yeah. in my brain no it's like, really fucked up like across the board no matter who you identify with queer gay lesbian whatever the masculine is always it's, the yeah. valid or unquestioned yeah. more yeah. Right? right is always the yeah I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I do think I don't want to like as a non-butch woman, I want to say like, I don't think it's very safe either to deviate from being a feminine woman. Like I, yes, it's glorified in the queer communities, but I still think in the straight communities as a butch woman, you face a lot of violence, specifically for men who are like threatened by you or Which who, is absurd. Yeah, who, yeah. who desire femininity yeah. in women. Yeah, I think um, that's really important to say. Like, that's So yeah, I don't yeah, want to like yeah. say totally. it as easy, like butch women are like much better off. Mm-hmm. No. Sorry, I didn't mean it No, like but that. I totally I agree. Meant, like, Masculinity the... is glorified yeah. across yeah. the board. Yeah, We're also talking totally experiences agree. too, right? Like yeah. in your, yeah. Yeah, feels very empowering to try and live a life in which masculinity is like mm-hmm. questioned all the time. For me, all I want is like, you know, like that's the only reason why I only like female comedians. It's the only reason I like female heroines, because like that's what I that's what I look for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's who I look for as a role model. Mm-hmm. And like time and time again, I sort of keep learning that uh, I just gotta like I, it's okay that I like I'm gonna continue to love these really powerful women, but I gotta sit back and watch that. That's how mm-hmm. I can help. Right. Yeah. Is by sitting down, which is so interesting because now I have a podcast. I was just going to say, good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking sit but, down. Like, sit down. And I'm going to talk for two hours. Yeah, like, yeah. I basically did. So <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, no, it's perfect. I have so many questions about the Toronto queer communities and like yeah, dating I've, here and monogamy. I've also been super interested in just exploring like polyamory. Like, dating it's very is the normal worst. here. Uh, monogamy is uh, hard to come by. Yeah. If oh, it is. Yeah, but that's also in your communities. Like yeah, in the yeah, lesbian yeah. communities, monogamy is the oh, norm. Oh, right. Yes, sorry. Like, 
You're right. But you, for you, it feels like monogamy is an exception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of. Uh, sort of. I, I would you consider myself identif- a monogamous person. Okay. Um, I am romantically monogamous, sexually non-monogamous. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm polyamorous, but mm-hmm. my partner and I have... An open relationship. Yeah, in the sense that sort. we want to experience sexuality together. Yeah. But, to, but they you know do it I mean? together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so never separate, but... And yeah, like I should say, like my knowledge of the queer community is unfortunately quite um, narrow mm-hmm. because I go out to the same three places yeah. every week mm-hmm. and see the same people every week who are usually um, white men, white gay <laughs> men. To what extent do you feel like the gay communities here are practicing polyamory or just like non-monogamy if you know what i mean like is yeah, there some sort of non-monogamy i would say it's non-monogamy yeah. not polyamory yeah. mostly it's I not like people are like in relationships with different people and there's ethical communication and like, i haven't come no. across i don't think so it yeah exists, i mean i know it's pretty big like through the person that i'm dating now who's like very involved in all of the polyamorous communities there's there's a big part of it in, in right. toronto it's just not always queer can you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your experience in, in the present oh, yeah. Uh, right now I'm involved with someone who's married um, and she's has a child too and we are seeing each other since a few months now I'm very happy Congratulations! and it's been really amazing being part of something that feels like ethical and consensual like it's the only polyamory I do like I would never like involve with involve myself with people who are cheating or whatever yeah 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 but this kind of polyamory is new to me where someone's actually married and has a house a home and a child and it's been revolutionary, like just <gasps> seeing the ways in which relationships can work differently and me like talking to her husband and having fun. It's like, whoa, we all go out to dinner together and it feels cool and no one's objectifying me and there's no wishes for threesomes. It's just like me and her and her and him and it works. And Oh, I oh my God, that. this is so <laughs> inspiring. Like, yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, that's amazing. Yeah, it's been wow, really cool. Wow, that's so special. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. Good for you. Being polyamorous is like, the best feeling in the world for me and i'm definitely acknowledging it's not the same for everyone but yeah. like question i still think everyone should question monogamy absolutely like not that everyone should be polyamorous but i think it's yeah. just super important to understand the ways in which we are raised to be monogamous just in the ways we are ra- i think raised my to be ideals of monogamy are based on like my upbringing and my yeah mm-hmm. and that's by so society. hard mm-hmm. and yeah. so like i'm really inspired to hear this because yeah. something that i should really you're right you're absolutely right i should think about it I, think I anyone, don't really know how to start thinking about no, it, but even, it I guess, wanting to do is the first step. I feel like even outside of... Especially because I love, I like sleeping with everyone. Like, I yeah. am, I am the right person to be that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? You're the perfect person to <laughs> yeah. be that. Um, outside of monogamy, though, like, I feel like we should just question stories. Like, stories exactly. that we take for reality. Like, anything you hear again and again, mm-hmm. but... It's not a lived reality, no. right? Like, it's what things like Hollywood or the media. like Yeah, these, totally. You People know? are like, you're supposed to be jealous or you're supposed to feel jealous right. when, mm-hmm. when your partner sleeps with someone else. But I feel super happy for them. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Tell me about yeah, it. experience or, your life, Or right? just this idea of that love, you're being told that love has boundaries and that there's a sort of, how do you call that? Depletion? No, like a, love is scarce. Scarce. Yeah, there's yeah, scarcity yeah. there, yeah. right? And just challenging that idea. I don't have one friend. I have like ten very yeah, close who's friends. Who's your best friend? Like, yeah. how do you know it's like the one person you want? And also be? just oh, saying like, I have so much to give. There's no end to it. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm in love with someone doesn't mean I can't also be in love with someone else. And that also doesn't mean that I don't want them to be in love with someone else. For me. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, no, but I love that you just say question. That's quite, like, be critical, um, you know. I'm one. I I'm so curious. I'm. You probably can't answer this, but I'm so curious as to how you got there from your first relationship when you were really mm-hmm. um, jealous and yeah projecting. Like, I mean, that was the only script available. Mm, yeah. Don't you feel that way? Like, it takes so much. Yeah, but what does it take? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm inspired by this only because I don't. Like, I feel a little bit trapped in my, like, monogamy, Mm -hmm. jealousy, um, uh, what's the right word? Like, um, Um, possession, like, possessive possessive qualities that I have that that I find are really toxic and certainly stem from my masculinity. And insecurity. Yeah, it's because you want someone to possess you, I think, too, in the same sense. So you can't write that off. Like, if you want affection, you want affection, you know? Like, it's, that's Mm -hmm. something you have to, like, listen to from yourself so i'm wondering if you have any advice i mean read would be like my number one advice i read the ethical slut which changed my life ethical slut yes it's donnie easton and janet hardy i believe and then more than two i forgot the authors is more helpful if you're already in a relationship that's such a hilarious no offense academic response yeah I no, probably, but these are not academic books. These are I like probably self-help. learn by experience. Yeah, no. Or maybe I don't because I by haven't By experience, learned, it's just been like, first I was in open relationships. I mean, I started dating this woman who was engaged. So I was like, what is this? People are doing more than just one relationship. And then just like a pathway of understanding. I'm lucky, lucky, whatever that means. But in a way, I've never been really jealous except yeah. for my first girlfriend. So it's been pretty easy for me to slide into this lifestyle. But I think jealousy is also, it's so important to not see that as something static and to also acknowledge it's an emotion. Because mm-hmm. people tend to say, I'm jealous, punto, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But then it's like, I'm angry and the next day I'm not. So sometimes you're jealous and then the next day you're not. It's yes, an emotion that passes. Yeah. And I think just this idea that we block any kind of non- ideas about non-monogamy because we... We just put them away because we're like, oh, we're too jealous. We've That's not a state of it. being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're not jealous people to begin with. Yes. Like, I believe we don't grow up. Like, we don't. We're not meant to be jealous yeah. people. Absolutely. We're meant to be like giving and. <sighs> Except the Freudian I'm, would say that we're jealous because we want to, you know, our mommy's breast yeah, or whatever. Yeah, just fucking for kill our dad and fuck our moms <laughs> or have penis envy, but yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. Fuck psychoanalysis. I, yeah, fuck psychoanalysis. <laughs> also, like, look at what kind of dude he was. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah academic podcast (laughs) i'm so sorry thomas it's not (laughs) like i'm I'm a teacher so i (laughs) i should be keeping up with you but i'm not which is funny as it is i made cookies no (laughs) (laughs) uh i feel really enlightened yeah me too too. there's so much more i want to know but i guess listeners have a limit well i guess like you're gonna have to come back yeah Yeah. i I think think that's that's what it is Absolutely. Um, and even if you're not living in Canada, we can Skype you in. Yeah. Which would be amazing. I love talking to you. It was so yeah. great. It was so great to meet you, like, of all things. Yeah. Rika just walked into class and I was like, yeah, we're going to be. I know. Friends. You <laughs> told me that, actually. You yeah. did say that. That's not creepy. Don't tell that part. Um, oh, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and he was masturbating. Um, Below the desk. <laughs> um, so, uh, so we should end um, with our silver lining. So something that we've that's mm. been positive over the you past week. You should start. Sure, I can start. Uh, it doesn't Last have to be week queer. Or today? This week. It today. fucking has to be queer. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah, Luckily, okay. mine is anyway. My silver lining is this. Uh, Elliot and I 
uh, went to a queer cabaret last night at Buddies and Bad Times Theater, oh. and it was was that yours? Yeah, but suck a I dick, hate you. suck my dick. <laughs> um, and it was like really like uh, it was awesome. It was there was different dance performances and clowning and jugglers and like ladder standing and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I said ladder standing. Um, <laughs> ladder standing is like a really avant-garde performance. Yeah. But it was just so like, it was really cool. And I, I like, I I don't ever get to go into a queer space and just like sit down and watch. Like it was just so cool to, to just watch so many uh, diverse people being queer and, and showing their talents. And it was just a really great thing. What's the... Can we, should we, it's called uh, Plunge, isn't it? Was it Plunge, yeah. It was hosted at Buddies in Bad Times. Yeah. Um, they, I, they, I think sh- uh, our friend who was in it, because that's why we went, uh, t- told us that it might be a yearly thing. So check it out. Check Plunge out. Um, Are you looking something up right now? I have a silver lining, but it's not, like it's, um, okay. Do you know um, Alok v. Menon? Oh, fucking love Alok. Best okay. person in the world. If they would rule the world, it would be a great place. I would let them rule the world. I know. Like, in a fucking heartbeat. They are literally, I mean, I Okay, saw them I live. don't know this person. Sorry. Follow them oh on Instagram. Oh my gosh, they're incredible. I saw them live twice and I just, <sighs> I couldn't even talk to them. In Glad Day, they were very recently there for an event. I forgot what it was called, but they were like doing a spoken live word performance. Live podcast, do you <laughs> and they were also in Europe. They're doing tours all the time. They're okay, also doing feelings that. workshops for anyone in NYC. They're doing feelings workshops, I think, next week again. It's like workshops around feelings and capitalism and trauma. And yeah. Oh, they're so amazing. I know. Um, they're an activist, right? That's yeah. Their, okay. They're part of the Audrey Lorde project. Look it up. It's a rad oh, program. I love Audrey Lorde. <laughs> um, okay, so my silver lining is this poem uh, from Alok on their Instagram, which is Alok v... Menon? Menon? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you'd say it. I think it's Menon, but I'm not sure. Menon. Okay, so this is the poem. Uh, to the two men who yelled, that's a man in a dress, say everyone, that's a man in a dress. I wanted to turn around and point back, shout, hey everyone, that's an insecure man, that's an insecure man, that's an insecure man. But then I realized how redundant it sounded. It's like describing a color as bluish blue or a fight <laughs> as violent conflict. Oh what is God. a man but a private repression made public, made profit, made policy? What is a man but a question mark so lonely it wrapped around itself so many times it began to resemble a body? I've spent the past 25 years trying to figure out where a man begins and where a man ends. And what I've discovered is that man begins only where I end. Let me be more explicit. Man begins when I end, or rather, man begins because I am ended. Which goes on to say, in order for man to exist, I cannot. Which goes to say and one day I got so confident in myself I was no longer a man which goes to say I have people come out to me as men every day by leaving me behind it is hard to have your abundance mistaken as absence so like follow this person holy fuck it's fucking amazing are you like, fucking kidding me right yeah. now yeah so silver lining alright that's not a silver lining you cheated that's not <laughs> a, a silver lining one. it's a golden lining yes. like I'm like I went to a fun show and you're like here's this profound poem okay you stole mine though mine was also the fun show so just figured that I just think you cheated on that like it's very profound and I'm moved by it but fuck you but you're you. furious but fuck you right up um, yeah What's your silver lining? Oh, wow. I wish I could be profound, but I, I don't feel that way anymore after all this talking. You have been um, profound, yeah, so you've please been don't be. Whatever. I had the best fucking orgasm two hours ago. Yeah! 
I love that one. My silver lining is hearing she that. Fucking, your silver lining. She that. fucking rules my world, so that's oh. great. Also, can we know a little deet? Like, is it too personal to ask a little no, detail? No, nothing's ever too personal great. as it. Okay, so it was just like we'd been studying all day together, and I'd been like very horny throughout, and I was just like masturbating. I just escaped from our study room. It was in her house to the bedroom to masturbate but i couldn't come and i was like oh what's happening i can't come it's true i can't really come until she's there so then it was like 5 p.m and we were supposed to leave at 5 30 and she's just like i'm gonna do you now and she threw me on the bed and fucked me and then i came and like oh my, oh my god, god. I god. I just that. felt like transported to space so i'm still like a bit high from that um but also oh, she did that. it in part Fuck to I'm reward me because i'm supposed to be rewarded today because today is the day that i quit smoking for a year <gasps> i know congratulations, congratulations. That's me, my silver lining it's the first of december and it's been a year since i'm smoke free that's after. a lot of silver lining that is a yeah. lot of silver lining. it's been a good day that's oh amazing that's so amazing wow. i'm so proud yeah cool so wow. that, that was a good one to end on. Yeah, yeah it wasn't was very perfect. profound. It was just about fucking. I think and that smoking. was that was profound. profound. Yeah, yeah, fucking and smoking. It gets you there. Okay, yeah, it does. It's Amazing. been great talking it's to you. It's been so great. Thank you for um, coming. This won't be the last time that we hear. No, from no, you. you better come back. Yeah, <laughs> you better come back. Um, until then, though. Wait, hold on. No. Nope. So I just want to just like business, business. Email us. Do you queer what I queer at gmail.com Yeah, please email us if you want to come on and talk. Talk about whatever you want. Talk about your story. Talk about your politics. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you like us, tell your friend. Rate and review us on, on iTunes. Yeah. Sorry to be that guy at the end of it. But we but gotta. Just gotta do it. Yeah. But we love you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for listening to... Do You, do queer, you queer What, what I, I queer. queer. Bye. Bye. See you next Tuesday. Cunts. <laughs>